0: Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. Good morning. It's great to see you. I'm glad you didn't see the last few seconds of my life because you would have thought, oh my goodness, I I forgot the microphone. Nothing major, just forgot the microphone. Yeah, okay, we're glad this was the last week with no uh, people in the room. Well, great to see everybody. I'm so glad you are with us today. Starting next week, as you just saw in the video, you will be able to join us here at the Boulevard Campus. If you're comfortable, if you're not comfortable, You are welcome to stay home, watch online. Not a problem. We're glad we have those options available to you. Today, we're going to take a look at Matthew chapter 5, continuing our Kingdom of Heaven series. You know, this is an easy teaching of Jesus to apply if we just read it casually and don't dig into what Jesus is really pushing us to do. I want you to think about the fact that Jesus taught this lesson 2,000 years ago, and it's still very current today. It's also an easy teaching for us to see how it applies to other people's lives and not our own. But I want you this morning as we walk through this to think about how does this apply to me, not to somebody else, to me. Like, not me, you. Okay, because it's easy to pick on me. You need to pick on you. You need to understand how God is speaking into your life. Because in my case, there's a lot of opportunity to apply this. I have struggled much of my life with anger. Many of you have not seen it. Most of the time, the anger is directed at myself and my own failures and struggles. But there are moments in my life when this is more difficult than others. I guarantee you, though, I'm not the only one who struggles with what Jesus is teaching in Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 through 26. All of humanity has some growing to do. So let's look at Matthew 5, 21 through 26. Let's read it. You have heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, if you're even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, Leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. When you're on your way to court with your adversary, settle your differences quickly. Otherwise, your accuser may hand you over to the judge who will hand you over to an officer and you'll be thrown into prison. And if that happens, you surely won't be free again until you have paid the last penny. So I know for most of us, we completely understand the command of the law which says you must not murder. And so do the people of Jesus' day. Unfortunately, there are those in our society that need to hear the simple instructions found in the law. Do not murder. That's really easy. Don't kill anyone, period. Just don't kill anyone. I know there's exceptions in the Old Testament and some of it even pre-law. I get it. I I know there's some of that. Check Genesis 9-6 and others that were included in the law are defending one's home and accidents. And we're not talking about all that. What we are talking about is murder. Unfortunately, as I talk through this, Many will look for exceptions to justify actions. Really, Jesus' command here is way deeper than the surface, don't murder. Because the root of murder is anger. Now, I'm sure that most of you have heard by now about the tragic loss of life of Mr. George Floyd, who died at the hand of a police officer in Minneapolis, Minnesota, Our hearts are broken over that tragedy. And we need to be vigilant in prayer for the Floyd family, the officer's family, American cities that are under duress as they attempt to manage the chaos that has swept through their cities. For safety of law enforcement officers who have been asked and tasked with managing a multitude of emotions from people in the cities where they serve. The Bible tells us to mourn with those that mourn. Our black brothers and sisters are hurting all across the country from what has transpired over the course of the last few weeks. Our responsibility is to love them, pray for them, empathize with them, and ask God for wisdom concerning what our responsibility is in, in helping to heal their hurts. If your first reaction to what I've just said is some sort of defensive thought or a thought towards arguing, you have a problem. It is exactly the issue that Jesus is trying to get us to address in his teaching. And in this teaching, the root cause of murder is anger. If you find yourself struggling with anger, you need to do something about it. If as a parent you find yourself reacting to your children with anger and that anger leads you to doing something wrong, deal with the anger. Get help. It's how children end up in foster care at times because of anger pent up in a parent. If you're on the job and you struggle with anger, get help. Anger is only going to lead to bigger problems. The police officer in the George Floyd case probably didn't start out in law enforcement, thinking, I'm going to do this so I can kill someone and get away with it. The issue in all likelihood is anger that, doesn't, that wasn't dealt with. And at the very least, it is the exact issue Jesus deals with in this teaching. In fact, John wrote this in his letter, 1 John 3 15. He said, Anyone who hates his brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. Murder is a heart issue, anger is as well. That is why Jesus pushed further in these verses. In fact, he said, if you, like with this right here, John says, if you hate, you're a murderer at heart. And then we go back to what Jesus said and see what he's driving home with the point. Verse 22 says, But I say, if you're even angry with someone, you're subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you're in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. Now understand that Jesus transitions from, you've heard it said murder, and he transitions to this. Jesus is saying, you absolutely know murder is wrong. But if you're even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. Can you imagine how busy our courts would be if people were being charged with anger? Jesus is referring to one or two things here, either being subject to local religious authorities or God's final judgment, neither of which is good. So Jesus follows that up with, if you call someone an idiot, you are going to court. (laughs) Can you imagine Judges all over the world has gone, oh no, 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 we have no life. If you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. (laughs) Jesus was probably speaking here of the Valley of Hinnom outside of Jerusalem that was used to burn garbage. And I don't know about you, but if you ever drive by someplace, it's burning garbage, it smells. And by the time that Jesus was speaking these words, those words and the Valley of Hinnom was used to indicate the state of final punishment. So Jesus is really pushing really hard here. He's saying, if you curse someone, you're in danger of final punishment. Punishment. Why is this so bad? Why is Jesus pushing so hard in this instance about those things? I mean, I get it. We shouldn't murder. But, you know, calling someone an idiot or cursing someone, how bad can that really be? Well, Jesus is telling us how bad that really is. And it's so bad because every person bears the image of God and therefore is to be given dignity. Not only are we not to take physical life of a human being, but we are not to do anything that demeans a person's dignity. When you speak of someone and it demeans them, it's a problem. Okay, If you're wondering if you struggle with this, potentially just take a few moments and read your social media posts. When you get done looking at your social media posts, start by evaluating your thoughts. If you don't struggle in any way in this area, come talk to me when I'm done. And you can speak on the week when we're dealing with adultery and divorce because you're obviously perfect. And what I'm saying to you at the moment is Jesus is being very, very specific here that all of us, as followers of Jesus, and he's teaching this to a crowd of people, and he's saying to them, you've heard it said, don't murder. Basically, his words at that point are wonderful. Now understand what that really means. Now go a little bit further and understand what it means to value humans... Go a little bit further and understand what it means to value life in general. Understand what it means to love people. Murder is one thing. We understand that. But when you start to demean others, you are sinning against God and against other humans. And our responsibility is to love people. And for a follower of Christ, our speech And our communication about others needs to be building people up, not tearing them down. C.S. Lewis referred to this as the weight of glory. In one of his most profound sermons, calling for us to pattern our lives so that we promote our neighbor's glory. To quote... The load or weight or burden of my neighbor's glory should be laid daily on my back. A load so heavy that only humility can carry it. And the backs of the proud will be broken. If you aren't already realizing you have some work to do in your life, Jesus continues in verses 23 and 24. So if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Now this is really important. If you realize someone else has something against you, like you pick up on the fact that you might have offended them. You may have said something that hurt them. You, they may have picked up on something you said that you didn't intend to hurt them, and yet you pick up on the fact that there might be an offense caused. And they may have read into something you said, and, 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 and you realize that there might be a problem. It isn't their responsibility to come to you, it's your responsibility to go to them. You need to drop everything and go reconcile the relationship. Relationships with people are more important than your offering that you're going to give. If you haven't understood this yet, Jesus really values people, and we should too. Jesus demonstrated his love for people by dying on the cross for people. So people matter to God. People matter to God more than anything else in all creation. If you're more concerned about the death of an animal than a human being, there is a problem. Here's the bottom line. Jesus wants our lives to be transformed from the inside out. He doesn't want us just to have an external righteousness. He he wants us to be externally righteous as a result of changed hearts inside of us. True disciples not only avoid murder, but are transformed so that they do not strip away the personhood or dignity of others through their anger or defamation. They continually produce reconciliation in relationships. And I realize today is Pentecost Sunday. A little different Pentecost Sunday because we're not gathered together and and this isn't a typical Pentecost message. But I want you to consider the purpose of Pentecost. We find in Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We are to receive power to be witnesses, which means point people to Jesus. We can't point people to Jesus if people can't see Jesus in our lives. The Pentecostal church and the Assums of God, don't have the best history when it comes to racial reconciliation. Although at one of the greatest outpourings of the Holy Spirit, at Azusa Street, there were some amazing things that happened. During the Azusa outpouring in 1906 and 1909, racial tensions in our country were really high, particularly between blacks and whites. It was known that blacks and whites didn't worship together nor attend the same churches. And one of the unique things about Azusa was its racial diversity. The diversity was so prevalent that it caught the attention of many who attended those meetings, including one of the leaders, a gentleman by the name of Frank Bartleman. When Frank saw blacks and whites and Latinos, etc., coming together under the banner of Christ, he said, quote, the color line was washed away in the blood. Here's a little more from the same story. African Americans, Latinos, whites, and others prayed and sang together, creating a dimension of spiritual unity and equality almost unprecedented for the time. It allowed men, women, and children to celebrate their unity in Christ and participate as led by the Spirit. Indeed, so unusual was the mixture of blacks and whites that Bartleman enthusiastically exclaimed, the color line was washed away in the blood. He meant that in the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, the sin of racial prejudice has been removed by the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ. My prayer... And I hope your prayer is, may the same outpouring of the Holy Spirit that washed away racial bias and prejudice in those times do the same in ours. Look, when we look at what Jesus is teaching, we know it comes down to love people. That's what he did. He loved people. Sometimes we need to understand the things that keep us from really demonstrating what love is. And Jesus was saying, like, loving people isn't just not murdering them. Loving people is looking at people with dignity and respect and honoring them and choosing not to say things that would bring them down. That's why James tells us blessing and cursing shouldn't come from the same mouth. We can't bless God in our worship and then speak negatively of someone else. We must understand the power of love and grace in our world today. I know this, the answer to all that we deal with in our world is Jesus And it's Jesus changing all of us from the inside out. The only way for us to be who God wants us to be is for all of us to come to God humbly and repent of our wrong thoughts and attitudes. I'm really not worried about a bunch of us going out and murdering people. I might be worried about us not valuing people the way God does. Just because our culture doesn't value people and assails the dignity of people doesn't mean followers of Jesus can. We must live at a higher standard. We must live and lead people towards Jesus. So, really, my challenge to you in this moment is will you let God, convict you and ask him to help you and even pour out the gift of the Holy Spirit upon you. Because honestly, the solution to what we deal with in our world and the solution of what we deal with in our lives, the internal struggles that we deal with in our own lives, the anger that can so easily control us, is Christ changing us from the inside out and constantly and consistently coming to Jesus and asking for his help. It isn't a one-time thing. In fact, it's probably a regular occurrence. You are not going to get mastery and it's going to be all good for you. Again, if it is, God bless you. But I know for me and my life, the struggles that I walk through are real and they're consistent. Oh, it gets better over time. I get it. But we're always going to be these moments where where things are going to rear up in our lives. The greatest saints in history of following Jesus struggled those same ways. When they tried to master certain things, they had to come back to them again and recognize they needed God's help once again. In our lives, and when it comes to anger, when it comes to saying things that hurt others, Look, when you live in a culture and a world that puts people down quicker than they build them up, it's easy to follow the pattern of the world. That's why Romans teaches us, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because if we allow the things around us to, conf- to, to make us conform to that, we will never present Christ the way he wants to be presented. We will never be the witness that Jesus wants us to be. He will never be the witness that the world needs us to be. We, as followers of Jesus, must set the tone and the example of what it means to love people to care for people, to speak good of people, to encourage people. Yes, we should never murder anyone. That's the easy part of that command. The rest of it all deals with internal because the scriptures teach us plainly Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if we have struggle in our lives, it's going to come out at some point. It may not be murder. But if we have thoughts that are not conformed to the image of Jesus, and if we think on those things, we dwell on those things, we harbor those things, and we don't allow the power of the Holy Spirit to change those things, they will come out. And so the responsibility we each have is, what is going on in here? And what does Jesus need to change? In me, not in someone else, in me. how does this affect me? Until we're willing to be humble enough to say that, we will never make the changes that God wants us to make. So again, would you let God convict you and ask him to help you and even pour out the gift of the Holy Spirit upon you because he wants and needs good witnesses in our world today. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you, God, for this day and this time and your word. And Lord, I'm asking that we all will look at our own lives And we will evaluate our own hearts and we'll continue to evaluate our own hearts and we will look at them and we will allow you to make us more and more like you. God, would you help us to be the best witnesses we can be? Lord, thank you that you love us Lord, help us to love people around us. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, if you have prayer requests and you need us to pray with you, put those in the comments. Uh, Otherwise, take a moment. I realize a little different message, a little different finish. Allow your own life to be challenged as the worship team leads us.